This episode is brought to you by Geekade.com, where we create an array of podcasts, articles, and more for everyone, no matter what your geek is. And if you want to help us make even more content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Geekade. Now on with the show. Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. Good evening, and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. It's the week of March 5th, 2020. This is episode 197, and I am your host, Chris Randazzo. Joining me tonight, at Ugh. Blah. <laughs> Joining me tonight, as always, is Black Licorice fan, Karen Randazzo. Best mother ever! <laughs> and metal-eating moonmite, Evan Goldstein. Woohoo! Take that, science! <laughs> it was my pick this week, and I decided to go with an episode of the new iteration of DuckTales, because it impressed me so much, I wanted to see what the rest of you thought. But before we go any further, here's your weekly reminder that you can email us at mail at Just include the words, this week's episode in the subject line, you can let us know what you think of our show, what topics you would like us to discuss in the future, or just say hello, because we always want to hear from you, the listener. Ah, boy, what a day, huh? Yeah, sure was a day. <laughs> was a day. What happened? All sorts of stuff, man. <laughs> I am blissfully unaware. I didn't have to work today. I've been sitting in my office playing on my, my Plex server. Nobody threw up in your nobody house. Nobody threw up yeah. in my house. Well, technically, nobody threw up in our house either. <laughs> no, it was in a moving moving vehicle instead. Yeah. Our daughter barfed in uh, my mom's car, so that was cool. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Necessitated a doctor that. visit, which ca- which bumped back another thing I appointment uh, I had. It was mm. a huge ass pain, hence the pop tart and the wine. Oh, uh, makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> so, no shame. <clears throat> so I have mentioned before that I work at Sam's Club, <laughs> and I was given because. Um, you know, all the rage right now is this coronavirus thing that's going around. And I was asked, because I'm one of the merchandising managers, to take all of the Lysols and the disinfectant wipes and put them readily available because we've already sold out and we are, you know, one of those giant box club stores. So I said, when we run out, I want to turn the first feature, which is the main entranceway, it lines up, and I, I want to do my version of a coronavirus like first aid kit and it's going to be three pallets of corona corona light and coronitas each individually separated by limes and i feel that would be the best representation to show that sands club and walmart supports you during this corona outbreak i was i was vetoed yeah people people at my work don't get my sense of humor it's a shame. I mean, I feel confident that Walmart feels that way. That, like, well, if there's any way we can profit off of this horrible disease, then sign us the fuck up. But uh, 
I guess they don't want to be that overt about it, but uh, well, come on, it's fun. Look, it's, I'm not a super villain. I don't really follow how most of it works, but there have been so many. Like, okay, if we really think about that, the, the ongoing meme that I've seen is I've survived this, 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 and it's quite shocking how many epidemics we have had in this country flu avian flu like there was years and years ago the hoof and mouth disease made a comeback do you remember that that's that still goes around our kids had that yeah that's pretty common it's in it's i mean they call it a foot and mouth disease they don't really want to call it hoof Hoof and and mouth mouth when it's (laughs) you know human children but yeah it's the same basic principle. You know, the good old swine flu. Swine right? flu, yes. Mm, and it mm, all... Mad cow. <laughs> mad cow. Yeah. All because we have to be told to wash our hands. And we don't do it. We don't do it. I do. <laughs> so, yeah, that's been... What my... is it like? The, but that's the thing. Like, the hand sanitizer gets rid of, like, germs and stuff, and this is a virus. Well, the like fact... The, 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 the issue is, is that hand sanitizer... Being good in itself to clean your hands also, like, kills the good stuff that sort of protects you as well. Yeah. So For Also, him- the other people wearing masks. Like, oh. <laughs> what is it, the CDC or something? It's like, would you knock it off, please? You're not doing anything. <laughs> no. It's the, the illusion anything, of safety. You're making it worse. <laughs> the illusion of safety. Not good times. But that's been my week at work. No. Everybody asking. John every- Oliver did a uh, pretty good piece on the coronavirus that I watched today. I, I, when I was prepping, reading the news, I there was one link that led me to all of the late shows, you know, segments about the coronavirus. And um, oh, what's the name of the the English fella that is on Comedy Central? Oh shit. Um, uh, mm. Mm, the English fellow he's a, on yeah. Comedy Central. He's a, the black guy. He took over for Trevor he's Noah. Trevor not Noah. English. He's from South Africa. Oh, is he? I did not know that. Yes. I know nothing. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> like, um, what the fuck wait, is he talking about? Oh, he has the country wrong. <laughs> you could have just said the Daily Show, man. I couldn't remember. I didn't know if it was actually the Daily Show anymore because yeah, they've changed yeah, the name still- three or four times. But Trevor Noah. Did this Wait, fe- when did they change the name of the Daily Show? Well, it was the Daily Show. Then what's his name took over and branched off to another show. I don't know which show he actually took over. Like I don't know if it was Who? what's what? um. Okay. Oh, the Colbert Report. Colbert Report. Report. Yeah, no, that like, was that was that was just a different show. It was always yeah, I, the- I didn't know which one he actually took over because neither one of them are actually on. Oh, the Colbert Com- Report just went away when Colbert went away. Right, but, but the Daily Show is. But is Still. it didn't Colbert Report go to another channel and now he's also now he's changed over to the Tonight Show? No, no, no. After he he got the Tonight Show straight from the Colbert Report and that was poof. That was that. Okay. See, either way, it's far less complicated than you think it is. Uh, I don't pay attention to those shows only in clip form when they're clustered <laughs> and like this. But there was the, he was showing how you know he had one of his skits where the guy started coughing on screen, and he just he mercilessly splay, sprayed this man in the face with Lysol. I'm sure it wasn't real Lysol, but, like, that's where we're getting to. Like, mm-hmm. someone has the sniffles, spray them with Lysol. We're, we're good to go. Like, bleh. Savagery in people. Good times. Bunch of savages in this town. Mm-hmm. That's what I say. So my store's completely out of hand sanitizer, Lysol wipes, 
uh there's two different versions of the clorox wipe um all all spray forms of you know cleanup clorox cleanup yeah and i've never seen it all wipe out the same like that's a lot of fucking cleaners it's a lot pallets and pallets of it gone well, I mean, if you can trust the world to be anything, if you can trust the United <laughs> States of America to be anything, it is stupid and paranoid. Overreactive? Yes. Overreactive, yes. Yeah. Good times. So. So, uh, we've been tangentially talking about some TV. Let's talk mm-hmm. about some actual TV, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, Karen, what have, what have you been up to? Ah, well, I continued along with my uh, Daredevil rewatch. Oh, yeah. that's right, yeah. I forgot you mentioned that on the show. You have been giving me some fun updates throughout the course of the week. (laughs) Yeah, every once in a while, message Chris and just say something random like, God, Electra's the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, she is. Um, So, yeah, I finished season one about halfway through season two. Uh, I forgot how big of an arc uh, Punisher was in season two of Daredevil. Um, I thought he was just like one episode or two episodes, but no, he's like half the season. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, I'm really enjoying that, especially the episode where um, Punisher had Daredevil captured and tied up on a rooftop, and the two of them are, like, arguing about, you know, whether or not killing people is okay. Mm-hmm. And it was just, like, <laughs> two old ladies bitching at each other. <laughs> yep. Very, very well done. Um, and, you know, that damn, um, there's a fight in that episode at the end, the uh, it's a hallway slash stairwell fight. Oh, yes, stairwell fight. So oh good. my god! Like you know, I remember this the season one hallway fight being like, holy fucking shit! This is the most amazing thing anyone's ever done. And then I forgot that they topped it in the next season. <laughs> so it did, is. Pretty have fun you to seen be... the? Did you watch the Punisher? Right. Not it... yet. I mean, I watched it. I haven't rewatched. Yeah, it we yet. haven't rewatched it. Yet. Okay, so when. Was it actually in the Punisher? Because I remember Wilson. It was when he was in prison. Did that take place in Punisher or in Daredevil? Uh, I think that the, may another have hallway been in scene Punisher. that was very like that. The difference between the Daredevil, like Daredevil ones, are very dark and like you could sort mm-hmm. of miss things. But then when they did the one in the, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was the Punisher. That was when Frank was breaking out of the prison. Yeah, everything was really bright and lit up, and I everybody's think that's wearing the, the end and, of season. I think that's the end of season two because Fisk was one who broke him out, and I don't think Fisk was in either of the Punisher seasons. Okay, they they every every season they have tried to one up that original hallway scene, and they come damn close. They really do, but I think the the I we it's something we had never seen before, and that first hallway scene. Like going from room to room, just back and forth. This one the take. Scene, the the fight choreography was good. The cinematography was really the most amazing mm-hmm. thing because it was really done as one tracking shot. Yeah. Uh, the hallway fight or the stairwell fight was more impressive to me just because it was like multi level and there was, you know, like there were like acts to it, <laughs> <laughs> multiple acts. Nice. Yeah, that was a pretty pretty amazing piece of thing there. Yeah. Um, that's I mean, I haven't been doing a ton else than that. I watch I'm caught up now on Supernatural. Um I'm just not gonna be okay when that show goes <laughs> away, man. None uh, of us will be it'd be like losing a loved no. one. And then Chris and I we have been uh 
we we sort of finished up everything current and bingeable that we wanted to so we decided to go back and catch up on a season of something we'd we'd forgotten about which was uh, agents of shield Ooh. yeah so. we're catching out catching up on the um most recent season of agents of shield and it is uh didn't take long to remember why we really liked this show oh, good mm-hmm. good oh i know what i should be talking about though Ooh. i should be talking about doctor who <laughs> Well, yeah, I wanted to you know make sure we got through all the rest of the stuff before we uh, we jumped into that particular, or at least the rest of your stuff before we jumped into that particular pool. Yeah. I will just before you dive into there say that uh, as far as I know, there's still one more season of Shield coming. Um, I find it really cool that I don't know anybody who watches this show anymore, so I haven't been spoiled at all in the mysteries, which is fun because there's some pretty big mysteries going on right now, and I really don't know. Uh, where the show's going, but it is is wonderfully acted. It is uh, very comic booky, and uh, I uh, we just watched an episode where it was all um, like Fitz and Simmons were trapped kind of inside of each other's minds, and it was some like real expert level bickering. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, those two actors together are just deserve some sort of award. Really, for, like, like joint acting. That was, uh, it was just, it was just a really, really good episode of TV. It was just fantastic. So yeah, there you go. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. still gets a big fat thumbs up and I'm really enjoying this season and I'm kind of upset with myself for taking so long to jump back into it, but there's just been so much other TV and fortunately this kept, although I will say that the version that you have on on Plex Mm -hmm. is really bizarre. Um, (laughs) It's, it kind of jumps around a lot like every now and then it'll just be like and now we're just showing this like it just stops and then rewinds like three or four seconds and plays it again and sometimes the audio stays with it and sometimes the audio just keeps going (laughs) but it's interesting it's it's a weird rip like it was definitely not something from any sort of official release it was something that was recorded from someone's dvr and then 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 plopped oh then i will fix that (laughs) It, it, with the most current season, the most current season, yeah. yeah okay. Oh, I'm on it. I just, I just updated <laughs> the uh, West Wing and Studio 60 for some. I don't know why. I just updated them to you know be better resolution and. Oh, I, that's mighty nice, yeah. Because I'm, um, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll talk about my stuff in a bit, Karen. Yeah. Go for it. Oh, God. I don't want to. I feel so bad, and I don't like talking. Here's the thing. we You have been re- specifically requested to. Our friend, oh? our friend Adrian messaged me and said, I can't wait to hear what you guys say about Doctor Who on TWEP this week. So oh, boy. You are contractually obliged okay. to talk about it. Hi, Adrian. Hi, Adrian. <laughs> Thanks, Adrian. God. <laughs> Here's the thing about Doctor Who. The finale was this Sunday, and if you haven't seen it, then skip forward to till you hear someone else's voice. <laughs> um, they did this two-part Cyberman finale. The build-up to it was great. The first part was great. First part raised a lot of like um, classic Who questions in my brain, which I was totally off base on none of what I was thinking about from Classic Foo who had anything to do with what happened in the second part. So So what you're telling uh, me is you were a better writer? Is that what you're saying? Maybe. Okay. I don't know. I mean, okay. <laughs> at this point, uh, there's lots of people and 
inert objects that are better writers than the guy who wrote the <laughs> mm-hmm. part two. Um, sorry, Chibnall. Dude, I love you, but swing and a miss. Oh. Do we, though? Do we love Chibnall? I mean, I feel like I, my, like I, I could wax on forever about Doctor Who. I think the Chibnall seasons have been have done a lot for the Doctor. I can't entirely discount, you know. I can't in, in, entirely discount the man just because he fucked this up. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I mean, like, all right. So what I didn't realize is that he had some history with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he wrote some, some Torchwood, which that's not a ringing endorsement. And he um, wrote some Moffat episodes, too. He did. Again, not, not the shiniest of endorsements. But uh, um, I'm trying to look it up because I know that he was involved in some uh, in some uh, even less savory uh, business. Oh, come on. Less savory business. I know he had something to do with Broadchurch. Chris which is Chibnall. why Jody's involved. Yes. And she's been very... She, I can't fault the cast at all. And I don't even have a problem with, like, what happened. My main problem is in the storytelling, in the writing, in the way that they chose to, like, land this story. Because you and I both said it to each other without, like, comparing notes through throughout the episode at the end. We were like, that was kind of boring. Aww. And it was. It was, like, stuff you, happened. A Cyberman episode, and it was I know, boring? right? Uh, it's kind of amazing that it was. All right, I, I'm clearly thinking of somebody else uh, okay. that was involved in like Batman v Superman or something. No, so, that was not Chibnall. Yeah. So, um, all right, that that's fine. But yeah, like, no, I completely agree. It a was lot of information boring. was revealed. Like this was built as like, holy shit, the world will never be the same. Doctor Who is about to change forever. Oh my god, your mind's gonna be blown. <laughs> And, like, yes, information was revealed that, like, has never been known before, and it was interesting, but there was so much talking. (laughs) I just wanted to die. When I said that I love Sasha Dewan and I want to see more of The Master, I didn't mean that's all I want to see for an entire effing episode. It was in, like, 90% of it. He's talking and talking and talking, and the whole time he's... He's there and doing his thing, and, like, he's fantastic to watch. The show is called Doctor Who. What is the Doctor doing? She's been captured by the Master, thrown into a paralysis field, and then shoved into the Matrix. So most of the time, like, her actual physical body, she's standing there in between these, like, hula hoops of light. Like, just her head lolled to the side, unconscious. She's in a cone of silence. She's in a cone of silence. That's not cool. And then he, like explains to her all this stuff about her origin and like all this mind-blowing stuff and it was the reason that he like destroyed Gallifrey and everything she knows is a lie and she just takes all of it at face value (laughs) she's just like she's there's a line at the beginning about like why would I believe anything (laughs) you say and then like five minutes later she's like I believe well all this stuff you're telling me like this is all my life and I have a right to know all of this stuff like what this is 100% completely true, and there's no way you're trying to trick me here. No way at all. Right. It just it's, it's didn't, that didn't make sense. There was a whole thing where, like, the Master's plan was to merge Cybermen technology with Time Lord biology so that if a Cyberman got killed, it could regenerate, and then it would be this unstoppable army. It's actually a pretty fucking brilliant 
villain idea. Mm-hmm. But then, like, they, so they had to find a way to, like, you can't have unstoppable villains. That's just, <laughs> yeah, that's you know. an unbeatable villain. <laughs> so they had this, like, MacGuffin that could kill the Cyber Masters. And the Doctor, like, the fun part of Doctor Who is watching the Doctor outthink her enemy, think of something that they never thought of and use that to, like, get around them. And there's no, like, killing or violence or whatever. I mean, there is. Like, mm-hmm. the Doctor's no hero. She's, you know certainly left people to die and caused people to die and whatever but she's never like killing people mm-hmm. she's always figuring a way out and doing the best to like make sure that you know she gives everybody every chance this time she's like well there's these unstoppable cybermen and i don't know what else to do so let's blow them up with this MacGuffin, which i have to den- detonate by hand like i can't i won't have a chance to get away so i'm just gonna die that is not doctor who <laughs> That is not at all Doctor Who. And then on top of that, there's this other human dude who's just been in the last episode in this one. And he comes along at the last minute. And he's like, I know you're the hero of the show. And like, you should be the one to save everybody. But I'm going to take away all your agency and I'll blow up the thing for you so you can get away. And it's like, that's not Doctor Who either. <laughs> Here's the big showdown between, like, the friggin' crazy Gallifreyan invincible Cybermen, which are an abomination in the coolest kind of way, and, like, the Doctor's oldest, most amazing enemy, and random white dude blows him up. Like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) We'll just call him Steve. Steve His reasoning was, like, the universe needs the Doctor, so, like, I'm gonna take your place and sacrifice myself, and I get it. But like, no, cheaply done, sir. Uh, all around, just just cheap, cheap sauce. The acting was very good. The companions were great. There was like really nice moments between Yaz and Graham. Ryan got a nice little hero moment. Um, all the acting was great. All the stuff with Jody and um, and Sasha in the Matrix was was pretty good. They show the friggin' Doctor Ruth showed back up. And, like, they had a conversation where, like, it was sort of like, yeah, she's one of the Doctor's incarnations from, like, way in the past that you never knew about before. Whoa, my God, look over here how amazing this information is. So, like, there was all these other questions attached to her that didn't get answered. Didn't even get sniffed. And they barely (laughs) even answered the questions that you're bringing up. And that kind of, you know, dovetails into an issue that I had with this whole episode was that on paper all this stuff sounds awesome right like this should have been a really great episode mm-hmm. and it just remind it honestly it reminds me of freaking star wars prequels it's like on paper you got some really good ideas here all you have to do is tell this well and you're good but they didn't <laughs> what this should have been was given to someone else to write Exactly. They should have been like, here's all these really awesome ideas. You're really good at awesome ideas. Why don't you write it? Somebody needs to like, they needed to get a heavy hitter because this is like some serious business here. Like as far as Doctor Who lore is concerned, this is Mm -hmm. effectively explaining the Doctor's origin and the origins of Time Lords on Gallifrey. Like this is like really diving into some of the lore of the show to have 
anybody less than like friggin uh, I don't know Neil Gaiman or someone writing something like this you, they needed to pull in the biggest guns imaginable if they're going to play this card Joe Hill and uh, <laughs> <laughs> well that's the thing if you're going to turn your nose up at Joe Hill you better be able to write better than him yeah I think that's the I didn't even think of that until just now that they did that whole business of turning their nose up at Joe Hill and this is the writing that we've gotten this season and like I've been more or less a fan of the season except when it's just been kind of boring and dull and the writing has been a problem but I'm so much of a of a guy that I watch the show and like the things that are happening are cool enough for me to get past the writing, which I guess is why I like so much children's programming. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't bothered me as much as it should have, similar to the way I watched the last season of Game of Thrones. And then kind of the more I thought about it going back, like, nope, that was trash. And I don't want to go so far as to say this was trash because there were some genuinely good ideas and they didn't really break stuff because they could still answer all these questions but but they just didn't they just didn't and like there was this whole thing so i'm reading karen's uh review she writes these wonderful reviews on on geekade uh, uh like little recaps and whatnot of all the episodes as they air so i'm reading her recap of this new episode and they talk about the um, the soldier guy or the policeman guy from that they were showing all this the previous episode they were like this flashback pretty, pretty interesting like, flashback yeah to uh this dude I'm like okay we didn't know anything we like got to see his whole life but we didn't know anything about him or how like he connects to anything else that's happening and then she mentions in her article that they kind of sort of wrapped that up and i had to call her into the room and be like they did when <laughs> i feel like i remember this being at least addressed but i don't remember how they wrapped it up and what you're telling me is that that was the doctor and yes. that doesn't, it's hard. Sorry. That doesn't track. <laughs> it made no sense. And even if it did, why did you spend so much time on this in the last, the first part of this episode? And then at the, the explaining it away where the making it pay off was barely a sentence. As far as I can remember, yeah, it, what the hell was this? It was a hot, soggy mess. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, like let, me, let me write that down. <laughs> this episode of Doctor Who was a bowl of oatmeal. It was a bowl of bland oatmeal. Yeah, I'm, I'm bummed because we're we're now in yet another era of um, great actors and interesting plots. With some crappy writing, and I, I don't know how they get, I don't know how they pull themselves out of this because uh, we saw what Capaldi was capable of, but we also saw that he was bogged down by a lot of crap episodes, uh, and now we're seeing the same thing with these guys. Now I know you will be, you know, happy as a pig and poo to hear that uh, uh, Graham is leaving the show. Well, I listen. Uh, I that's that, that that's a, a little much. I <laughs> I don't want you know he is quitting. So I I am like ultra bummed because he is far and away my favorite part of the show right now. Uh, so unless they replace him with somebody else, I'm going to be kind of like, I don't know if I, I, I don't know how this show is going to handle just the doctor and Yaz, if that's the new sit that that's the new situation, but who knows, maybe having fewer characters to juggle will be less of a writing challenge for, for Chibnall and company. That's definitely a possibility. I'm interested to see the rapport between a female doctor and a female companion. That's never, that's never been. 
True. Um, true. And like I have said in the past, I think it would be interesting for them to bring on a new companion and have Yaz be the older, more experienced one and then have to ex- like explain everything to the new person. Yeah, show the ropes. Mm. I wonder if Ryan's leaving because he's going to go date Yaz's sister. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious now, to see that, how, why they're going to write that too? out. It is b- the both of both them. Both of them are leaving because I saw yeah, you yeah, linked. Yeah. Um, and I'm, uh, I don't know. I, I'm bummed they're leaving, but it couldn't have gone on forever. Somebody was going to want to go eventually. <clears throat> what I'm bummed about is that I know, because now I'm going to have to sit here with the uh, with that knowledge for the holiday special, just jumping at any time. One of the two of them is in mortal danger. Hmm. Like so, so you th- so your gut is telling you they're going to be taken out of the show and not they're not going to leave the show. Like he's an older gentleman, he could just be like, "Hey, listen, you guys are having fun. I'm slowing you down. Go have a blast, and then uh, just part I'm, ways." I'm absolutely not saying that. Okay. I'm just saying I know the actors are leaving. That leaves all manner of possibilities for writing out the characters, one of which is death. True. Yeah, because we've seen everything from a character, uh, a companion being killed to a companion effectively becoming an immortal god that can never die unless they go to a specific place in time who's traveling through the universe in a flying diner (laughs) with the the girl from Game of Thrones. So, I mean, who knows? It could be anything. Those are two pretty extreme ends of the spectrum. Flying I mean, maybe diner they'll both be turned death. into couches. <laughs> I think. Well, I'm this isn't Hitchhiker's Guide to the ga- Galaxy. <laughs> what I think I'm a sofa. <laughs> um, yeah, and I just want to reiterate for anybody listening: I don't have a problem with the actual lore that they fucked with, with the de- explaining the Doctor's origin. I think that's all very cool. I don't think Doctor Who is ruined. I don't think it's not what it used to be or like, you know, they've just thrown 50 years of television in the garbage. I don't think that at all. I'm just not happy with the way the story was told. Hmm. That's a, and it's it's not so much like th- th- you're saying that the actors did a good job acting. It was yeah, the source the material. It was the material given. that they were given. Yeah, that's a shame. Such a shame. Yeah, but it could get better. Good. Good. Absolutely. I found a marble. Oh boy, it, it was awesome. I was wondering what you just <laughs> threw at me. <laughs> <sighs> all right. Well, then uh, I'll take a turn mm-hmm. since uh, we all we all talked about stuff. I'll end it. Actually, speaking of ending on a positive note, I will stay say that the last couple of seconds of the episode were pretty interesting. <laughs> yes, there was a callback to David Tennant's season-ending what? What? <laughs> what? His traditional uh, end-of-season exclamations that I quite enjoyed. <sighs> yeah, it was a, a handful of things that they had best have some explanation for. Uh-huh. Because uh, uh, the, what is it, the Jadoon just kind of teleported onto the TARDIS while it was flying around, and that's supposed to be impossible. So, right. uh Wait, that happened? Yeah, they just teleported on and were like, you're under arrest. <laughs> oh, and then they took her. You'd better you out had of the TARDIS have... and put her in prison. <laughs> yeah. That that's gonna require some some explaining, buddy. Uh but it was fascinating and it was it was really great the way they did it, because she's just looking she's as befuddled as we are, just like, What? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh... yeah, so, you know, good times. 
Speaking of good times, uh, I have continued my watching of Sports Night. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has been uh, a, a treat to enjoy some good old-fashioned, uh, low-stakes, uh, grounded-in-reality <laughs> television. Um, that's been that's been fun. It's just such a it's such a delightful TV show, and it uh, you know it's definitely aged, uh, but I think it's aged pretty darn well. It's still really it's still really watchable, um, which is I don't know. We just watched a. Uh, something earlier tonight that uh was from 11 years ago that busted out busted out the r word in the middle of it and it's like well yeah we used to say that all the time and then we realized that's just not cool so we Wait. should stop doing that as a you know society oh got it wow it took me a second to remember what the r word was <laughs> <laughs> like the r word got it yeah, sorry and uh so so there's not much of that kind of stuff in in that show mm-hmm. it, it's all fairly okay um, so that's good. And I'm just, I, I just, I just get a, a, a real kick out of that show. And, you know, I like Sorkin stuff in general. Yeah, so you're a fan. That's I, actually rewatchable. That's actually what led me down. I, you know, searched out Sorkin and ended up, I think I looked for a better version of sports night, but there wasn't one available. And yeah, no, I think so. the one you have is the best, the best there is until somebody, somebody somewhere finds a way to take the freaking laugh track out of the first season. Then, uh, <laughs> that's as good as it's going to get. Uh. Well, outside of sports night, I did also continue my escapades with Picard. Um, I think I had only watched the first right. episode last week, right? right? That was all that we had available to you. All right, so I'd watched the first episode. Now I've watched the second episode and half of the third because I've been extraordinarily busy, so I haven't had as much time to watch Mm -hmm. as I had hoped. You know, usually I'll take, like, a little bit of a longer lunch break, and that'll be what I do. I, you know, get up my sandwich, and I sit and watch an episode of Picard, but I've only been able to really do, like, you know, a little bit less than half of an episode in a sitting. Uh, So I made it through the second episode, which was very interesting. Uh, The the quality is maintained. Mm -hmm. I am super, super interested in it. I really like where the story is going. I really like the mystery. Um, I I, I like all the actors in it. Um, It's really cool seeing... uh, It's really cool seeing Jean-Luc Picard in such a different situation, because this show is not Star Trek. It's not about a crew on a ship exploring and finding new, new places and, you know new civilizations and boldly going where no man has gone before, et cetera, et cetera. It is a very different feeling thing. Like this is a show with these characters that existed, or at least thus far this character who existed on that Star Trek show, but it is telling a very tight narrative, like a season long narrative. This is the thing that's happening. And this is the mystery that's being solved. And, uh, outside of watching a Star Trek movie, I, you know, I don't think there's, that's not the kind of thing that came up on Star Trek TV shows all that often. Um, right. So seeing uh, Jean-Luc Picard, not only in this situation, but by the third episode where he's trying to put together a crew um, without Starfleet's permission uh, to go find some answers to some stuff, uh, seeing him in this situation of like, yeah, he's this legend, but he's also this like 85 year old dude. Who's not like, physically able to keep up with people so he's hiring this young crew to do all the stuff that he can't so he's not like the you know the head bitch in charge as he (laughs) used to be you know he's uh he's still in charge and he's still you know he the driving force and you know it it's 
it's his mind and his ideas, but like he specifically hired this one person because he wanted the way that she thinks. It's like, I need your mind. I need the way you see things. And it's, it's a neat thing to keep, a to see this character in that light, you know, kind of like, um, I, I want to say it kind of reminds me of, uh, Indiana Jones, and the kingdom of the crystal skull in certain ways. <laughs> right. I, I, I I rather like that movie, but it's it's my third favorite Indiana Jones movie, and and by like a lot. So like I got Raiders, I got Raiders of the Lost Ark, and uh, Last Crusade like way high up there, and then like Temple of Doom and Crystal Skull are like, yeah, those were all right. They're <laughs> um, movies. Yeah. They happened. And I don't hate them, mm-hmm. but you know they've got some really good stuff, but they've also got you know monkeys and stuff, which is weird. Uh, <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> Kalima. Um, so, it, but it reminds me of that kind of the way uh, Indiana Jones was too old for this shit, you mm. know? Um, but instead of being like Harrison Ford about it, he's, uh, you know, Picard is like, he's he's trying, you know, he's he's really putting, putting the effort in, but there's like scenes where he has to run and like, he can't keep up. Like, and they don't try to like waft around it or anything. Like he's like slowing down and out of breath and it's like, come on, man, you got to move. He's like, Shut the fuck up! I'm ninety. You know? <laughs> like it's a, a, he's in good shape for a man his age, but you know, he's got Still. limitations. Still, um, and I and I like that. I really like the limitations on his character. I like this, this falling out that he had with Starfleet. I think is really interesting, and how, how Starfleet has changed from what it once was. Which I I would have to assume that's got to be a point of contention with a lot of um, uh, a lot of old time Star Trek fans, but I don't know, seeing the current state of the world and the way it's written, it's completely plausible. Uh, and it's, I just think it's interesting. I'm really, really into this show and, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to pick it for us to watch sometime in the not too distant future, because I, I'm curious what you guys think about it as non Star Trek fans, uh, jumping into something that is, is still Star Trek, but so intrinsically different. Like, I don't want to say similar to like the way the JJ Abrams Star Trek movie was so different, but it's probably around that level of different from old TV Star Trek. Well, it sounds more like it's not necessarily it's not a Star Trek show, it's a Picard show. It's a it's a it's a character driven show as opposed to an ensemble kind of thing. Where like Yeah, it is very, you know very singularly focused. Which I mean that was the thing about Star Trek back in the day, like there was a view from all perspectives and that was mm-hmm. you know groundbreaking at the time and this is like there's only so many of those stories that they can tell uh, you know without having to repeat themselves and this is and they are still telling those stories on star trek discovery i assume i haven't watched that one but mm-hmm. i tell you this picard show mm-hmm. get some big old thumbs up for me nice <laughs> All right. Well, if everybody's caught up, uh, are there any I other news stories anything. anybody wanted to talk about? You I didn't? didn't? I thought you did. No. No, uh, we talked about the coronavirus. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I talked about oh, work. Well, well, then, Evan, what have you been watching? I really was only been paying attention. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. I haven't been watching anything. <laughs> Shut God up. Go to break. <laughs> I've been continuing my rewatch of How I Met Your Mother, and that's always on in the background, it seems. But as of late, when I, I get home late from work, and every once in a while, Angela is awake and we will sit down and you know in bed watch a show and i've expressed how i like the show ghost hunters and i can't really explain why but i do um i came across this other show that has 20 seasons 
called Ghost Adventures. <laughs> which I is, thought you were going to say Ghost Facers. No, no. It's close. <laughs> it is it is Ghost Hunters casted with a bunch of douchebags. They are literally yelling at ghosts. That's what they do. And it is so much joy to sit or lay in bed or sit on the couch and watch this with Angela to just make fun of these people on the screen because they, they, in one of these episodes, a guy was yelling at a ghost, and I air quote that, and he's like, oh, you're so big and tough and you're picking up. Why did you do that to, and then he, he says it, go do that to like the other guy, not to himself, like, oh you scratched me on the back well why don't you go scratch his face and i'm like that why would you do that to your friend you you this is so we are enjoying that show immensely um there's no value to it whatsoever other than to make fun of three douchebags on the screen uh outside of that i also came across a show today for some reason every once in a while i'll come across a show and go what I don't have season two of Firefly, but this exists. And this falls into that category. It is called Legends of the Lost, featuring Megan Fox. Oh, boy. Okay. Now, I only started watching that beginning half of one episode, and it seems that Megan Fox is going around the globe looking into strange and unexplained things or delving into history and this half of this episode that i watched they were talking about vikings and how historically we know that they were brutish men that went and raped and pillaged and plundered and so on and so forth but there's more to that story and that women were like it was the information that was presented was very good but it's being presented by megan fox whom i cannot take seriously at all because they walk into this museum this this viking museum and the first thing that fell out of her face was wow this looks like a really nice game of thrones set and the woman that's walking with her who is you know the owner and 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 that the, the curator of this went oh yeah yeah it pretty much is oh <laughs> As she's slowly fighting back the bile and tears. I I repeat, I don't have a Firefly reboot, a season two, a cartoon for that matter. I'm sure but, all of those things would be more expensive than whatever this is. To just, I mean, I, they got to be paying Megan Fox something. Anywho. Well, I mean, that depends. Was this when she was popular or now? Now. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know what she's got going on. <laughs> so you, you think like she, it was like a, a buck eighty-five and a cup of coffee, and, and they got Megan Fox to to host this show? No, I mean I'm sure she's making more money than like all three of us combined, but she's not pulling in Transformers money anymore. So you know, <laughs> true, pulling in Transformers money. No, probably not. And she's like the only one they have to pay. Like everybody else, they're probably like yeah, but slave we... wages at best, and then random people that sign NDAs like. <laughs> so TV. viking women warriors episode that's episode one episode two is stonehenge <laughs> the healing stones episode three is america's lost civilizations and episode four is the trojan war myth or truth 
presented to you by Megan Fox. <sighs> I also watched this other show, but we're not we're not going to talk about that because I'm going to. It's going to be my. I've made my decision on what we're going to watch for next week, so I'm not going to delve too much into that one. Oh, but okay, but it was a television show of some sort, right? It was. It was. Mm. And I, I'm, 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 I'm oof, pleasantly optimistic that you guys will enjoy it. So, but that's what that's what I've been. It's been busy. It's been a busy week. Sci-fi original series. Yes. <laughs> Damn it. You're nothing if not predictable, Evan. It's very true. It's very true. Ah, <sighs> oh, goodness gracious. So, what news did we did we see this week? Let's see. Uh, Jack Black and the stars of Friends are going to do a celebrity escape room special that I can't not watch hard enough. <laughs> I, come on. I was the picture alone. That's what drove me to this article because they're all wearing the red nose. And I'm like, oh, that's a good. Oh, wait. Look at who those people are. And they're in an escape but room. Who are? I recognize Courtney Cox and uh, Lisa Kudrow. But who are the other two? It's Ben Stiller. And not on Friends. No, no, well, no. I'm it, sure he no, no, no. It's on Friends. The, the only two. Well, he was on Friends. He played one of. He played like a date of one of them. That he kept yeah, yelling at everybody. Was on Friends. And the other one is not a Friends. The only two from Friends are Monica and and Phoebe. Yeah. So when the Hollywood Reporter dot com headlines Friends stars Jack Black set for celebrity escape room and yeah. like, okay. That, Listen, it's sure. the 25th, wasn't it like 25? Well, those are friends stars. They are, but uh, thanks for the clickbait, Hollywood Reporter. Well, it's com. also, it's not like we're getting bad people. It's Ben Stiller and Adam Scott. Fair enough. Those are the other two. So if they weren't on Friends, they That's Adam will Scott. Shoot. I guess that picture is really small. I can't see. All the way well, on the yeah, left. that is Adam Scott. He so. looks weird with a beard. And mm. a red nose. It's the red nose. But yeah, I can't wait to, that's, that's gonna be yeah that's gonna be a fun time you can tell me all about it i'm gonna watch the <laughs> shit out of it. i probably after i'm not gonna watch it live though <laughs> see them yelling at each other anyway speaking of firefly reboots uh gina torres to headline <laughs> the brides dracula reimagining abc pilot How uh and not very firefly dare season you. Two. <laughs> gina yes, torres you get to very see specifically torres. not come back for more firefly <laughs> and instead do something about the Brides of Dracula. Yeah. I mean, it. it they. I read this article. It's a, a soap opera, pretty much, about... Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, the, last, the last Dracula outing I had did not impress me, so... Okay. I liked Gina. I thought you liked Castlevania. Uh, that wasn't the last one. The last one was that Dracula. That oh, wow. BBC... Yeah, see that one that you've completely kicked out of your head? Yeah, no, that's a. I forgot that happened, and I'm glad I did. Yeah, and it's gone. There it is. Poof, gone <laughs> Poof, out of gone. my head once again. Yeah, I'm not really into vampires too much anymore, unless they're Marvel or hysterically funny. Oh, so yeah, this doesn't appear to be either of those things. Nope. And it's not like there's a shortage of Gina Torres voice acting gigs out there. So, yeah. I'm, I'm good. What about you, Karen? Thoughts on vampires? Uh, I have none. Pro or... (laughs) Are you pro or (laughs) anti-Dracula? Pass. Pass. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Uh, FX is Why the Last Man casts Ben Schnetzer? 
in lead role replacing um, Barry Kugan. <laughs> Who's this guy? Uh, Let's see. Oh, boy, there's a credit. Ben Schnetzer of Warcraft fame. <laughs> I do remember seeing that. Yes. <laughs> will replace Barry Kugan of apparently no fame because they couldn't even give him a credit. Uh, in the cable network's long-awaited comic adaptation, uh, blah blahdy blah. Oh, this guy was in Dunkirk, huh? All right, well no. that's something. Wasn't the no. last guy in Dunkirk? Yeah. Oh, the, the last Dunkirk guy was in Dunkirk. To play the U- oh yeah. Well, <laughs> never, never mind then. I don't know, man. Uh, I, I'm just trying to ignore this movie. <laughs> the Warcraft star is joining FX's Thanks Entertainment tonight. Like, really, Warcraft is the biggest thing on this guy's resume. Which you know, to be fair could mean anything he, I, I like the fact that he's not necessarily somebody i know uh and that's kind of what i want out of uh why yeah but i am just gonna maintain not paying attention and being cautiously optimistic because uh lock and key was spectacular so this is another one of my all-time favorite comic series so i hope it is it is good what do you guys think i think that this production has been plagued for like many 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 years and i don't believe it until i see it i don't believe it'll actually get completed until it's actually on my screen yeah that's how i felt about lock and key so mm-hmm. yeah sounds like a safe I'm right there bet. with you yeah mm-hmm. so uh, hey com is uh, saying that mark ruffalo has been in talks for some she hulk makes sense it does, unless he is playing She-Hulk, which I sincerely hope is not the case. That would be awkward. <laughs> that would be a weird TV show. Well, you know, they have to appeal to the uh, LGBTQ community. That includes transgender people. So. It's also very true. We've had Professor Hulk. Now we need Trans Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. Now I've got to write down another one. Trans Hulk? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Something tells me that the, that the trans community wouldn't be thrilled about that one. Yeah, but. I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> I think this is a really bad approach. No, he's, uh, I mean, look, what is it? She-Hulk is Hulk's cousin, right? Yes. Right. Yeah, so I that mean, would be super she, cool to have Ruffalo. She-Hulk comes because of a blood transfusion from her cousin. So yeah. that could be something as simple as that. Hey, flashback, this is how I started. I would be thrilled to have some Mark Ruffalo on there. And Mark Ruffalo seems to be down for just about anything. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm game for that. I think this is wonderful. I'm still not there. I'm still not jumped. I haven't jumped back into MCU stuff yet. I'm still like, you know, end game. Letting it lie fallow. <laughs> yeah, right. End game. And then uh, end game kind of wrecked me. And then uh, um, Spider-Man: Far From Home was a really nice little uh, little taste afterwards. Just like, and here's this little palate cleanser. Uh, and now just take some time off. We'll, we'll come back, but relax. And I'm still doing that. I'm not ready to jump back into the MCU yet. But uh, well, you better be ready when Black Widow comes out in May, or I'm going without you. Oh, I'm not missing that. <laughs> you're not. You're not going to that one without me. Uh, I will be ready by May. I'm, I'm sure I will. Oh, F. That's F. That's uh, free comic book day weekend. Yeah, it's going to be rough. We'll find. T- we'll find. A I way mean, out. yeah. Yeah. We'll make I'm. It I'm thinking more in terms of um, cosplay reasons than babysitting reasons. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I am not wearing the Black Widow outfit. I don't. Damn don't it. Don't care. <sighs> not going to happen. I have hung up those tights. Uh, the Witcher casts Kim Bodina as Vesemir in season two. 
I know this actor. I don't know what a Vesemir is, but I'm sure it is a really cool thing. Nerdist.com reports this, and uh, this is that guy that I like from uh, Killing, uh, Eve. Killing Eve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's Eve's so. handler, or not Eve's handler, um, Villanelle's handler. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be awesome. Vesemir is uh, um, Geralt's mentor. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sign me the hell up. Oh, and Tormund is on there too, right? Yeah, I think we talked about that yeah. last week. Yeah. That's a pretty snazzy uh good good times. Yeah, he's going to nail that. I'm pretty psyched about it. I hope this show continues to get better. I hope that season 2 is chronological. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I started reading the book. Chris gave me the first Witcher book for Valentine's Day cuz he's a super sweet guy who listens when I say things while I'm watching a show like I really want to read the book of this. Um, and I just been having a little trouble getting into it because the first, um, the first like chapter of the book is the same, uh, is the plot of the episode that we watched for this podcast. Really? Like I just watched that one with the Striga and now it's like, and now you get to read it again. I'm like, I, I, I just did this. <laughs> like, I know what happens. Like, let's move on and like get to something that I didn't that wasn't in the show. Mm-hmm. But so far, so good. So Her, the yeah. the beginning of the book is the middle of wait, right because that was like what episode was that? That was episode three. Okay. And yes. Okay. <sighs> Quick question: As I was <laughs> reading the Hulk article did you see that allison brie was rumored f- to play she hulk i did see that that uh, would I be didn't. interesting the, the, the last rumor i saw was stephanie beatrice i don't know who that is she's on brooklyn 99 and that's, that's why you don't know yes that's another good casting there's a lot like um stephanie beatrice like wants to do it like she's a she hulk fan and she's like please 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 <laughs> she i mean i would say she kind of looks the part Mm-hmm. I, mean, I guess it really depends on how they're planning on handling, you know, the She-Hulk, not just her human side. Well, at uh, a certain point in the comics, she just is She-Hulk. Exactly. She, and that's what I w- would assume they're kind of the direction they're going with this. And I don't think they're going to just, just CG it the whole time like they did with uh, Mark Ruffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Allison Brie is tiny. Yes. She sure is. And I mean, I, I don't mean to be that guy. I'm not you know, anti-small people. but <laughs> it's, Yeah, it's not about body shaming. It's just about the right body type for the character. Exactly. It's um, She's kind of a... She's, she's a shrimp figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, no, this this I've seen this this woman on you know the couple of episodes of Brooklyn episodes of Brooklyn New Noon. I've seen because talking is hard. Uh, no, I think she would be She'd be pretty great for this. She seems to look the part. The the woman She's that was definitely physically imposing. Yeah, the woman that was in um, Mandalorian. Also, she was she was the armorer. Oh, no. oh you Gina mean Carano? Oh, she's fucking badass. I love her so much. Yeah, Gina Carano would be an interesting uh, an interesting choice. Is I who, is that her name? Yes. Okay. She was also in Deadpool, right? If I'm not mistaken. She was. Yes. Yeah, she was, the... and she was an American Gladiator. <laughs> that I'm sold. Done. <laughs> Done. We have a winner. Oh, I don't know. She's she's totally badass. I am a huge Gina Carano fan. Again, 
I don't know that I see her as She-Hulk because you've got to all. That's the cool thing about She-Hulk is that you she she's got to be. She's got to be like imposing like Hulk style, but she's also got to be a fucking lawyer, you know, like and if they're going to play this show like a courtroom drama, as they've been as they've been kind of saying that they're going to. I don't know. It's just, this is a complicated character to get right, and I have all the faith in the world that they will, but I feel like somebody, as much as I'm a fan of Gina Carano, I don't really know what she's capable of, like, proper acting chops-wise. Like, she's great for action stuff, but, like, I feel like there's going to be a lot... For her to be a believable lawyer, especially a believable green superhero lawyer... Um, I think that's going to take some real talent. Ooh, you know, it'd be cool that they do it like old style, you know, Hulk, where it's, you know, um, Lou Ferrigno as the Hulk. Just her effectively but, painted. Well, like. No, but it's yes. But they have a completely different actress play the lawyer side and then turns into Gina. Yeah, that would be interesting. And they don't have to paint her now with CGI. They just put a green filter over. Fine. Poor Lou. I would want I would want them painted. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Just for authenticity, authenticity sake. sake. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. That's all I saw. <clears throat> Neat. Well, all right. I think we should. Uh, I think we should take ourselves a quick break. This was a this was a fun opener, but we're gonna come back, uh, and when we return, we're gonna be on the moon. That's right. We're gonna be talking about some Ducktales. Uh, you are listening to this week's episode from geekade.com. Stick around. Are you enjoying the podcast you're listening to right now? Of course you are. But did you know that it's just one part of an entire network of geek-related goodness? Geekade.com is your one-stop shop for fresh original content no matter what your geek is. Each week you'll find articles and podcasts about comic books, horror movies, X-Men, music, video games, music in video games, Transformers, anime, TV shows, tabletop gaming, wrestling, beer, and more. And hey, if you want to help us create even more original content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's available at patreon.com slash geekade. What's your geek? Hey guys, Vestlord Dean DeFalco here to tell you that we have a Twitch. Uh, yeah, Geekade has a Twitch, and we are streaming at least once a week. Uh, every Thursday, we are on from 6 to 11. That's five solid hours of me failing at whatever game is uh, going on that week. You want to see me cry? Twitch.tv slash Geekade. You want to see me achieve a massive victory? Twitch.tv slash Geekade. You want to see me eat food? Muckbane right there. Twitch.tv slash Geekade. Guys, check it out. It's a lot of fun. We got emoticons. uh, We got sub badges. We got all sorts of stuff going on over there. And if you just want to pop in, say hi, give us a follow. You know we really do appreciate it. Trying to uh, spread the love, trying to spread Vestlore Global to a house near you. Maybe even your house. So guys, pop in, say hello, and we'll catch you next time on twitch.tv slash geekade. See you then, guys. Stay Vestly, keep playing games. Geekade is looking for some partners. If you have something you'd like to advertise on any of our podcasts, our powerful overlords are ready to talk to you. Send your proposal to mail at geekade.com with the words podcast ads in the subject line, and our diligent army of trained ants will put you in touch with the head of our advertising department. With a weekly audience that reaches well into the dozens, Geekade is the perfect place to get your ads into the ears of the right people. Once again, that's mail at geekade.com. Send your ad in today.
And we're back. Thanks for sticking around for our commercial break. So we are going to be talking about an episode of DuckTales. Uh, we're talking about the current s- series of DuckTales, which premiered in uh, on August 12th, 2017 on Disney XD. We're talking specifically about Season 2, Episode 7, originally aired March 9th, 2019. So we're only about a year behind on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been slowly but surely finding our way through Season 2 of this show uh, with, with the kids, little piece by piece, because the kids don't tend to marathon things for too long. But I've been really pushing for getting back into it because uh, I've been really itching to get to this episode that I heard everybody talking about last year when it finally aired. Um, this was a an uncharacteristic episode for DuckTales in a couple of ways, mostly because it doesn't feature most of the regular cast. Um, this show did a couple of things I spoke about on the show uh, a while back. I also mentioned it on Stone Age Gamer when um, there was this whole mystery in the first season of the the Huey, Dewey, and Louie's mom, Della, there was just this huge mystery about who she was and that people, you know, Uncle Scrooge and Donald were trying to effectively hide her from them because they think that she's dead. And they just kind of wanted to, you know, not, not talk about that with the kids. Uh, and then they kind of found out that, you know, she, she was an adventurer and all that stuff. And the, the, big uh kind of sort of mystery at the end that they showed off of the first season was they panned up to the moon and when they they did they played just this tiny bit of the moon theme from the original nes ducktales game and you know revealed <laughs> of that, you know that. <laughs> that's where della is well I, I i say that because it was a very it's it was a very intentional and very deliberate thing that this show does uh i, I think does just an incredible job with um this show balances um, nostalgia, I think, just with surgical precision. This show is every ounce, and I have the kids to prove it, uh, it's it's every ounce 100% entertaining for kids. It doesn't go lean too far into this nostalgia stuff that all this stuff is aimed at an older audience you know, in the guise of a kid's show. It is very much designed to be, first and foremost, a show that kids will enjoy. But it also hits you with, uh, you know, this This is very much aimed at parents who grew up with DuckTales showing their kids DuckTales. You know, without going back to the older episodes of DuckTales, which are still perfectly watchable, but they're also an 80s, 90s cartoon, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and just cartoon quality especially children's cartoon quality has increased considerably since then um and that this is a really high quality show uh it's one of the things i appreciate so much about it is the art the animation i mean the art in particular again with all the uh the nostalgic callbacks with the artwork like there's kirby dots all over this show Mm. They they color things in like it's a comic book because it's paying homage to the show's roots, which originated as the you know the Uncle Scrooge comics and everything. So that kind of stuff is wonderful. It's it's beautifully animated. The voice cast takes their jobs very seriously because nobody ever sounds like they're phoning it in. Everyone is a hundred percent committed to these characters. In particular, uh, this is a great episode showcasing that with Paget. Paget, that's how you say your name, Paget. Paget Brewster. Paget Brewster's voicing of Della Duck was incredible. She really was. I mean, not just hitting the comedic beats, but turning on a dime for those uh, dramatic beats. Now, I said 
last week when I, I mentioned this show was when I watched it, it was pretty early in the morning uh, and <laughs> I'm sitting on the couch and I didn't expect to be uh, crying within the first couple of minutes of watching an episode Damn, with my, my daughter Oof. right in the beginning um, when she loses her leg, like the kid's not really they're not connecting those dots they're like cool robot leg mm-hmm. and the first thought i had like the next scene like oh my god she chopped off her own leg to survive mm-hmm. <laughs> like wow uh, that's kind of a dark thing to wow that's a that's pretty <laughs> that's really something and then when she you know realizes that she doesn't know what her children look like she's stranded so far away and and just the 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 her her voice conveyed so much emotion in that and i thought that was really impressive and and really really effective now watching it a couple of times it didn't hit me as hard the the repeat viewings because it is very well sandwiched in a lot of comedy and Paget brewster's just expert delivery of of everything that she said uh was really really impressive um i I recognize her voice from, uh, she did some work on Bojack Horseman. Uh, she was bird girl in Harvey Birdman, attorney mm-hmm. in law. Uh, she did some voices on the venture brothers, etc. Um, I was just so super impressed by this. Um, before I get into, to your guys, uh, uh, thoughts on, on the entire episode, the, the other things I wanted to mention were I, I brought up the moon theme, which is what this, this whole episode kind of, was very much designed to appeal to people who played the Nintendo game way back when, because this, the score of this episode is um, consistently adapted from the song, the moon uh, originally composed by Hiroshige Tonomura from DuckTales for the NES released by Capcom in 1989. Um, And they, uh, at the end of the episode, the second time this episode made me cry was when they added lyrics to it in this stunningly gorgeous little song that she sings. Um, but again, they wove this tune throughout the entire episode. And it's a, it's a, it's really, it's in the video game music listening nerd community that I am a, a, a huge part of. Uh, that song is pretty legendary because it's, you know, anybody who played this game as a kid remembers this song because who doesn't want to go to the moon level right away, right? It's the freaking moon. Mm-hmm. And then you hear this amazingly beautiful song coming out of your Nintendo. It's an earworm and it's been stuck in a lot of people's heads for a long time. But that wasn't the only reference to the video games besides it being on the moon and it having that music. They also uh, called back to they remastered the DuckTales NES game, um, effect, you know, called DuckTales Remastered. <laughs> Uh, several years ago before this reboot happened um, and they assembled most of the original voice cast from the old cartoon, the ones that were still alive at the time anyway, uh, to, to do their old voices again, which was really, really cool to listen to. Uh, and in that they added all this story stuff to it. And in the original NES game, you're just, you're Scrooge McDuck with, you know, your Scrooge McDuck outfit on the moon. And it makes no sense because, uh, how does as, this moon as Brettel Floss says, you need heat, also air. <laughs> uh, so in the, the exactly, how does the hat stay on? So in the DuckTales remastered game, they had Gyro invent this uh, blue oxygen flavored taffy that let them breathe on the moon, and they adapted that into the black licorice flavored oxy chew. Worst flavor <laughs> ever. <laughs> oh, that was such a great visual gag, and. Uh, <laughs> Come that somehow gets more flavorful over time. 
<laughs> so obviously this um th- this whole episode just really hit everything on the head for me like this season two has been pretty great so far the the episode after it was a callback a lot of callbacks to the movie um the treasure of the lost lamp uh including a a bit where they recreated the uh chunk of the original intro to the ducktales cartoon where they're climbing up the thing to try to get the the mm-hmm. genie's lamp on top there and it was like him and glomgold mm-hmm. and instead it was him and uh ma beagle who is voiced by Margot martindale in this show which is wonderful uh, they did an episode where they there was some time travel and uh, one of the kids, I never remember their names, I can never tell their names apart, um, traveled back in time and met Donald Duck when he was young and the uh, the voice actress who did the Huey, Dewey, and Louie on the original DuckTales cartoon voiced young Donald Duck, <laughs> nice. uh, which was fantastic. My favorite um, callback for the animation in this show in one of i think it was the actual episode that we watched the last time was they were watching tv and on their tv was an episode of darkwing duck uh-huh yeah like, like <laughs> the real episode like that's that's quality she yeah. has a lot of time and patience and, and effort to make the make the show what it is yeah they they really do a lot of that and they do it extraordinarily well so clearly i loved this episode top to bottom i found it to be effective i thought it was a really cool story so and i'm also a huge nerd and i get choked up by listening to ducktales music so <laughs> you two as relatively normal members of society uh what did you think of this <laughs> i don't know about relatively normal that's yeah, true in comparison to me i would okay. say oh definitely oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry excuse okay. me you relatively that, you should put that qualifier out there straight away <laughs> Um, I enjoyed this more than I enjoy most children's cartoons. I know um, you like to watch a lot of them uh, with or without kids. <laughs> I am less so like that. I am the type that, oh, mommy, I want to watch such and such a thing. And I will sit with them and I will snuggle with them and I will look at my phone the entire effing time. <laughs> but not for this because uh, I just it was it was really funny. Um, and it was really well acted. The thing that struck me about Paget Brewster's performance the most, besides who is that actress? Why do I know her voice? Oh my God, she was on Thrilling Adventure Hour. Mm-hmm. Um, was how much she was able to hit the notes of a mother when she had never spent any time with her children. But it was just like automatically, she was like, I have these ed- eggs. I know they hatched. I have this love for them. And like, it drives me and it powers me and I feel all these things about these kids that I've never met. And it just, she really nailed like a mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and, and watching this episode, I was shocked at the amount of emotion that like this, this episode is dripping with emotion, like deep, deep feels and is a breeze to watch because of the levity as well like the speed in which the jokes hit and and it's really 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 well written to hit all of those beats seamlessly like it doesn't take away from one or the other which is very very surprising because it's either a very emotional episode or a funny episode for most television it's it's very very difficult to juggle that back and forth and this silly little cartoon about ducks did it perfectly. It's a, so to speak to a little bit more about the voice actors. It's something. It's something really special when you have a show like this 
that has so many big name actors and like not just voice actors like just a general amount of big name actors mm-hmm. and it's sometimes hard to place them because they are they're so good at doing what they do and they're so committed to these roles and they're not phoning it in like a lot of voice actors tend to do or like actors tend to do when they voice children's cartoons like I don't hear David Tennant anymore when I watch these shows you'd think that'd just be like I'm always hearing David Tennant I'm always thinking that like a few minutes in and it's just that's Scrooge <laughs> that's mm-hmm. I'm not hearing Abed I'm hearing Red Duck because I never remember their names Huey sure um you know even characters like like Jim Rash doing Gizmo Duck like it just disappears for me because they are those roles Lin-Manuel Miranda doing um Fenton uh everybody uh, well Paul F Tompkins is Paul F Tompkins Oh my god <laughs> I, I can't not hear him but for some reason for some reason with him I'm always hearing Mr Peanut Butter from uh Bojack Horseman cuz that's what I hear when I hear his voice so I'm like that's Mr Peanut Butter you can't tell me otherwise but mo- 9 9 out of 10 of the voice actors in this show are just they just are these characters and their deliveries are all so incredibly natural. Like Patrick Brewster's reactions to a bunch of things where she's like, Oh, what? Or some sort of reaction to something that's happening never sounds scripted. It all sounds so natural. Um, I feel like I'd like to know more about the way they record these and, and how much of it is done in the same room as other actors. Um, just because of how impressive the, the, the spatial reasoning is be- between these characters that are interacting with one another. Yeah. It, it there's, there's a, 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 like a communication when we know that nine times out of 10, they're not together. Like someone is recording a, a track and then they lace in another track that someone is listening to and whatnot. And it's a, even with this episode that it was a very small cast this episode. It's not, you know, three kid ducks, a, a couple adults. It, it was three characters in the entirety of it and it and a monster and a monster a mama monster and a baby monster so it's it is impressive how these and lance reddick like that guy i i recognize his voice all the time he was like every time that man does something it gives it some sort of gravitas just because of the way he talks he doesn't ever change his voice (laughs) it's always the (laughs) same voice but it's Every time I watch this show, I'm always pleasantly surprised at how well it turned out. Because it was in the beginning, you were like, eh, "Is this? It's you know, could be good." Remaking could, Ducktales yeah. is kind of a, a bold move, but when they showed off the voice cast, I was like, "Well, that's pretty impressive." And then I saw the new intro intro uh, for the show, and I was like, "Well, that's that's pretty amazing." And then we watched the first episode, and I was all in. Like, they really just nailed what made DuckTales work in the first place um, and did it with uh, modern quality, which I think it was this show that we were talking about that, where the thing with remaking remaking uh, old cartoons, you know, one could look at it as lazy, but on the other side of the spectrum is you wind up with stuff like DuckTales, the, the new DuckTales, or, you know, stuff like the new uh, She-Ra or the new Voltron, where you've got these old cartoons that were very 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 commercial and very cheap and clearly made with a degree of love but also like there was only they were so incredibly limited with what they were able to do with children's programming back then and 
to see those kinds of stories being retold with modern sensibilities for a, a new younger audience, but also just with quality behind them. Uh, I think it's really an amazing thing. I agree. It's it. Every time I watch this, I, okay. So my only complaint about this episode was I went to go watch the next episode to see a completion of this storyline, and I forget that they they don't do like this is this little yeah. Bit no, ends. this was smack dab in the middle of the season, and then it's a few more episodes before we're going to get more. Yeah, I think I have two more episodes to watch before we get to um, what happens to her in that moon society. And I mean, you know, this is a story we've seen on kids shows before, you know, the, Oh, the monster isn't really the monster kind of a thing, but it was delivered so well. It was just really all in the delivery. And as somebody who grew up with that DuckTales NES game, who worships the ground that game walks on uh, and that game soundtrack, top to bottom is, is was was music that changed my young mind uh, as as a kid like it stuck with me because it's incredibly well done music um weirdly enough uh tonamora didn't do much other music outside of that which mm-hmm. is crazy because like okay i did this this one because they obviously this is ducktales in japan right so here's a japanese company making a a game based on an american cartoon like this doesn't have anywhere near the kind of reach over there as it does over here especially back then and um it's so crazy that it's one of the most legendary soundtracks and the guy did almost nothing <laughs> after it so uh, but man, when that song, when she started singing that song, it just wrecked me. <laughs> like, I'm such an, I'm such a dork and I know it, but I don't care. That song just absolutely wrecked me because, uh, it's such an important song to me just to begin with and hearing, um, a, a really pretty rendition of it with some very touching lyrics as a song you sing to a, <laughs> sing to a, a kid or a baby to calm them down was uh was really something really something special uh, yeah i mean i th- i did not grow up that with that game i just know it from i know the song from you and it even hit me pretty hard it was a really it's it's what is an, a very effective scene very very touching and effective scene it's it's weird that this is the episode that you chose because this week i'm trying to it's my mother's birthday at the end of the week so happy and birth- she's on the moon and she's on the moon. But I've been doing a lot of thinking about that. And then this and I was like, man, I'm a horrible son. This is this is just <laughs> so much. And it's a cartoon. dude. <laughs> well done. Good pick. Well, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Indeed, we did. And I have to give a little tie. There was a little detail in the animation that I caught that like really made me happy. <laughs> it's like god forbid i ever notice anything that's like drawn on the screen in front of me but the first time w- i saw any of this episode i was um i walked in in the middle when you were watching it with the kids and i you know so i saw a piece of it and i went oh this is cool and then you picked it for the show so we watched it again and when i'm watching the beginning i'm like i noticed when she first crashed on the moon i noticed her haircut mm-hmm and then, like, whatever, nine months later, whatever, she has this long hair that was what I first saw when I walked into the room and you were watching. And I was like, hey, there, ha. <laughs> I see what you did there. Who would be paying that much attention? Thank you, animators. 
I, I have. I am not a crackpot, but I have an obsession with realistic women's hairs in hair in my uh, in my entertainment. <laughs> there was a point in time where she was communicate, like she's doing that video thing, and it was not. It was after. Oh, she has. To, she tra- she traverses the moon looking for gold, and then she gets back on camera. She's like, "There's no gold," and she unscrews her leg and pours out a bunch of sand and then screws it back on nonchalantly. I'm like, "That's a nice little touch. That's that's well intentioned." It's shocking how how much, how many, like, someone truly cares, and it shows that it's not just for kids. It's you you get to see that hey, there's time progression. They change the hairstyle. I get to see the little. That's a a one off joke. That's funny. Chris is getting all of this musical backlog for stuff that would mean nothing to most people, but they actually took the time to do it. Which shows that it's 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 a, a, a task of love that they they they're putting into this. So yeah, it's it it pays homage to not it pays homage to everything Ducktales was not just the original cartoon. We're gonna we're gonna do our new our new fancy version of it. Like between calling back original stories, original voice actors, the art style mimicking the old comic books, the and even calling in the video game continuity. It's it is taking and the and the movie the tre- uh, treasure of the lost lamp like every single thing that ducktales was they're taking into consideration and you know make, uh, calling back to i mean geez there was the episode with the three caballero, caballeros or whatever mm-hmm. that was wonderful <laughs> they didn't they didn't need to do that but they're like yeah sure let's dive into some donald duck lore and ah uh, donald duck <laughs> Kid's been watching an awful lot of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, and um, it's awful. <laughs> it's not great. It's not great, but it's like it is for the tiny kids, and it's a uh, it's kind of old. So it's a uh, she's checking out some some first second season Mickey Mouse Clubhouse with some I'm gonna say like uh, Transformers Beast Wars level uh, CG going on, <laughs> Oy, like some some real. Uh, shoddy animation some real uh like just just weird models but the theme song was done by they might be giants so that's kind of fun that's a win um it is great yeah uh, my biggest problem with it is that the whole like minnie's whole philosophy is all like based on her looks and i'm like not okay and that's her favorite character mm-hmm. yeah yeah because she's the girl mouse and i'm like well like there's two girls on this show and like Minnie is only obsessed with appearance and Daisy is only obsessed with Minnie. <laughs> like they're best best buds and like Daisy is like zero character at all. And I'm like, why is this what my kid is like ingesting? Yeah. And it's not like the male characters are any better, but they're well, they're a little better. They're out there solving problems. But I guess Minnie solves some problems too. She just- does, but everything is like well, we have to solve this problem so we can buy more hair bows. Yeah, and we look need pretty. to solve this problem so we can bake this cake. And, and it's like, uh, <laughs> this is not teaching girls good things about their value. But she also watches Shira, so she, it's, it's, I mean, it's not I'm not, I'm not concerned. I just yeah. don't love it. Yeah, I don't love it either, but. I don't love so much about that song because even as great as the "They Might Be Giants" uh, theme song is, like there's there's there just comes a point when you're singing "Hot Dog, Hot Dog, Hot Diggity Dog," you just want to blow your brains out. And I am at that point with that show. 
I and knew somebody a while ago who had a theory that that hot dog song is what plays in serial killers' heads <laughs> when they're going on a rampage. <laughs> well, it's either that or because she also loves her some Peppa Pig, which is you know it's no Caillou, but it's not exactly a masterpiece. So it's a podcast for another podcast. That's a podcast for another podcast. Ah. Uh, for every great children's show, for every DuckTales, there's a Peppa Pig, you know. And be more, aware. so. Anyways, well, I'm, I think uh, I think that's about, that's going to do it for us, right? Mm-hmm. I think we can call this a wrap. We we all like some DuckTales. We all talked about some news. We all had a good time here. We solved the problems with our mouse tools. Hot dog. You can get in touch with us at MalikGeekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook at Geekade. Find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content. And follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade, or follow the show specifically at Twepcast. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Uh, Karen, where can people find you? Shoot underscore the underscore moon. And Evan, where can people find you? Geekade underscore Evan. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com for more fresh, original content. Evan, I believe you're up next. What's our homework? Uh, Okay, so this week I came across an Apple TV Plus show that I could not stop myself from watching um we are going to watch mythic quest raven's banquet season one episode one the pilot um this is created by charlie day and megan gantz and rob mcclaney and my best description for it is it's always sunny meets the guilt wrap your brain around that so okay enjoy that's your homework mythic quest raven's banquet season one episode one well that certainly sounds like interesting homework for us and it's not a sci-fi original series so apple plus can't blame me on to you all right well uh there's your homework ladies and gentlemen and we're gonna call it a night because it's late and i'm tired so uh on behalf of uh no that's the wrong show let's see (laughs) on behalf of dan and myself keep playing games no i am chris I'm Karen. (laughs) Respect my dominance. Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.